four, three, two, boom, we're live. And as you can tell, yes, my voice does sound good. We are back. If you remember the last episode, my voice is a little scratchy, got a little sore throat, but all well, it ends well. We are back. I'm still on bed rest because of my foot. It's getting better slowly, but surely healing up slow. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to have a great show. It's good to be back, ladies and gentlemen. It is October 24th, 2019. Hello, everybody. This is Kicking It With The King, episode 210. My name is Gabriel Hernandez, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you guys for joining us here on this beautiful Thursday. Like I said, it's already Thursday. Jesus, man, the whole week have been sidelined. Pretty unfortunate news, but we will get through it, Um, as we always have. Great, great show planned today. A lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of uh, controversial topics today. Not really controversial, but I'd like to really necessarily give you guys my thoughts necessarily versus my tweets on specific situations. So let's not waste any time today. We are available on Spotify. We're available on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Music, um, and anywhere else you get your podcast. It's not hard to find this podcast. And speaking of this podcast, I uh, shared a link to episode three of this show. Many, like five plus years ago, and I did an interview with uh, UFC welterweight Tim Means on my third episode a long, long time ago, so I shared that. I wonder if anybody listened to it. Shout out to anybody that did. Uh, I know it was kind of an older episode, um, but I did do that just for fun because I was I was kind of shy. I was kind of nervous because, like I said, I started doing podcasting so long ago and stuff like that, so... Uh, I thought that would be fun. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at G the King MMA. Um, follow our podcast page at KWTK Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We're not really active on Instagram hardly ever. Um, we're more active on Twitter. If you noticed, like that, I've been managing the 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 KWTK Pod. Uh, Twitter account as well, um, amongst uh, my own account as well. So, like I said, we got a great show today. Uh, sit back, relax. Um, like I said, uh, we got a lot to talk about and a lot to cover on this episode. Like I said, it's presented to you by Anchor. Anchor is the one stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your own podcast. There's so many people in this world and so many people all around that that do podcasts that want to start a podcast that have podcasts and I actually funny funny story is I seen a a lady yesterday uh, commenting on one of these meme pages that had a, a quote saying like if you wanted to start your own podcast or something they were like a company that they pay for advert uh, putting your your podcast in all the different markets and stuff like that and I thought it was funny I, I I direct messaged the lady it was an old woman it was she was probably like around fifty years old and I told her I was like you know you can just download Anchor for free and um. You know, it, it does all that stuff automatically. You don't have to pay anybody. You don't have to be on anyone's network. You get the opportunity. You get the chance to be on 
your own. You get to start your own stuff off from the ground up. That's exactly what Anchor is. If you want to start your own podcast today, you can visit www.anchor.fm. It's a real story, too. It makes me kind of cringe the fact that people shouldn't have to pay to podcast. I was like, I'm not paying monthly for this shit. I'm not doing something I could do for free. It's it's not for the money. It's nothing like that. I should have to pay to talk. You know, I understand it in, in a lot of different other ways, but at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, I think that you should be doing it for free. So like I said, visit www.anchor.fm slash start to start your own podcast, or if you want to be fancy since 2019, almost 2020, pull out your phone, your iPhone, your Android, and download the Anchor app in the Google Play Market as well as the app iTunes or App Store, whatever it is we want to call it, and download Anchor for free today and start your own podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right into it. Um, so on episode 210 of Kicking It With The King, a lot has gone down in the MMA world as of late. Um, if you've seen my very aggressive tweets as of late, I, I necessarily apologize. It's not because um, I'm angry or I, I, I'm sexist or anything like that. But um, UFC flyweight and, and the former strawweight Paige Van Zandt uh, recently, you know, uh, created an Instagram post. All right. She created an Instagram post. Respectfully, I have to admit, calling out everybody at 125 and 115 except Macy Barber. Let me just let me just pull up the post so we're a lot more uh, accurate with it. And you know, it, it upset a lot of people. It pissed a lot of people off. Um, you know, including myself, it was pretty fucking petty and annoying. And if a lot of people that uh, understood where she's come from, or what, where where a lot of people that are upset are coming from, you kind of understand where 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 the frustrations come from. But this is quoted by Paige Van Zant on her Instagram. Lesson of the day: Respect. One of the lessons I learned, first lessons we learn in martial arts is respect. I respect those who have dedicated themselves to this profession and given it their every their everything to achieve greatness through showcasing their skill. I respect every female fighter tagged in this post. With the, with that said, it would be honored to share the cage with any of you ladies at 115 or 25. If any of you are interested, let UFC and Mick Maynard know because I'm healthy and ready to get back in there. She, I, I can't even, I'm not going to read every single fucking person in there, but she tagged almost every single person on the flyweight and uh, and uh, strawweight roster except Macy Barber. If you go back and look at um, look at uh, Macy Barber's interview with Ariel Hawani, um, and you know you've seen her speaking very highly of not very highly, excuse me. She um, you know obviously. Um, She's been very vocal about wanting to fight Paige Van for so long. It's kind of been like a, a back and forth kind of thing. She doesn't like her. She wants to fight her. She wants. She thinks she can beat her. She knows she feels she's a bad matchup. And if you look at Macy Barber's career, she's a legitimate man. She's a legitimate fighter. She's a legitimate threat. She's young. She's twenty one years of old. Twenty one years of age, and she's wrecking shop so far. She looked great in her last fight. She has a lot of hype. A lot of promise. 
behind her. And um, you know, she like I said, she's she's been fighting. She's been fighting uh, for a good a good minute now, and she's looked good in the UFC. She's in the top ten. Um, you know, obviously. She's not bad looking either, so she obviously can sell a lot of tickets. I'm not saying that looks will get you anywhere, and that's exactly what I'm going to segue into is that the, the fact that Paige Van Zandt called out every single person but Macy Barber. I mean, it, it, it's it's annoying at this point. It's petty, and that was just that was just petty beyond petty. That was the pettiest thing ever. Like she she purposely uh, calls out more than half of both rosters. And in my opinion, all those people listed would most likely smash her in a fight. All these women that she tagged are people that would smash her. I mean, she she she's acting like she's owed something. She's acting like she's a one of the biggest stars in in mixed martial arts when her train has long been derailed. No one's talking about Paige Van Zandt, man. She's hardly even made it to any of these fights without breaking her arm. You know, she she do, threw a stupid spinning back fist and, and broke her feeble arm. I was like, so what the hell is she over here calling people out for that she knows she can't beat? I mean, she she's the one that openly said she doesn't even think she can beat Valentina Shevchenko. Then why are you even in the sport? No, I seen a comment on, on Twitter yesterday that she even openly said that. And I was like, well, then why the fuck are you in the sport for? Who If you're not if you're in the sport and you're not in the sport to become a champion, what are you in here for? She... she she has a dangerous challenge in front of her, and Macy Barber, as, as many other people as well on that list that were high level and super talented and super dangerous, fights for her. If she's even going to make it to fight night, like I'm not trying to sound petty or anything, but when you call out 99% of the roster except Macy Barber, that's the thing that's just so childish. Like, it's it's not a matter of respect. Respect can respect these nuts in your mouth. It's it's not about respect. It's about fighting. You get in the cage, you fight another person. It's not about, oh, if you like them, if you want to be buddy-buddy, if, if they talked about you, if they did this or they did that. Disrespect is real in this sport, and that's something that's going been going on for quite some time. And, and it's happened both in male and female sports. Fighters that don't like each other end up fighting. Uh, and, and if you don't like somebody, you know, and you, you think they're disrespectful or they're calling you out constantly, and we've seen cases that millions of times. And, you know, what happens? They end up fighting that person or they end up squashing the beef or settling the beef. I mean, openly saying that you, you're you not going to fight her and, and, and previously saying that, you know, Valentina's scary. You don't think anybody's going to beat her, including yourself, is, is like the pettiest thing in the world. Like, that pisses me off looking at that post because it's like you're, 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 you're openly dodging someone who's issuing a challenge to you. And you, you're acting as if... Uh, is if you're owed and if you're like the one of the top tier fighters in this organization when you haven't even fought in a long time. Like she's a talented fighter. Um you know, Paige, Paige most definitely has the skills and she has done a lot of things that you no know, we haven't seen people do. I mean, I mean, obviously she's just pretty face, but pretty faces don't get you far in this kind of sport. And you know, acting like you're on top and acting like you're owed everything, it doesn't doesn't mean shit. I mean, she she doesn't have the star power of of like a Conor McGregor, and she's acting as if she's entitled to those things when she hasn't even fought the cage in a long ass time. If I'm not mistaken, her last fight was a loss. If I wasn't, if I'm not mistaken, let me let me pull it up. I'll sound stupid if it's not, but um, 
it's 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 agitating, man, because um the the pettiness is real. Like like she's an Instagram model. Stick to be an Instagram model. She's been doing other things. She's been on Dancing with the Stars. She's been doing other other shit other than fighting. Like she's doing everything else but fighting and if you want to if you really want to see the pettiness of this you should be ready to fight anybody it doesn't matter if they're disrespectful to you it doesn't matter if uh oh yeah she's she's coming off a win over rachel osevich um in january of this year okay cool but before that she lost two straight before that she beat beck rawlings before that she got choked out by rose namayunas Got her ass beat by Michelle Watterson. Michelle dropped her, if I was not mistaken, in her hometown. She came back, lost to Jessica Rose Clark. And ever since then, she hasn't fought since beating Michelle Osovich. So let me just pull up what I was going to say from their management. I know this is like one of the most pettiest episodes we've done, but it, it's so fucking stupid, dude. It's one of the biggest dodging, I will say. It says... Okay, this is from her management. We will fight anyone but Macy Barber at 115 or 125. The disrespect shown by Macy to us has not interested us in fighting her. We know that fighting Paige does some. We know what fighting Paige does to someone's career, and we don't want to give that to Macy for being disrespectful. Okay, but if you look at her, her last few opponents. Uh, is anyone talking about him? Jessica Rose Clark? No, no, no one. No one skyrocketed over talking about her. I mean, she's she's a great fighter, fantastic fighter, talented. But no one, no one went over the top about talking about her. She didn't gain any massive followers from fighting Paige Ranzan. Michelle Watterson obviously is a, a bit, has been fighting and and proving her own worth regardless of fighting Paige Van Zandt or not. Michelle be her. And all these other girls that fought Paige Van Zandt, her, her last five opponents, they haven't gained any more clout than they normally would have from fighting Paige other than that. I mean... If you really want to compare people that have really skyrocketed off of an opponent, look at Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz has already had that star power, but you have to admit, the Conor McGregor fights made him a lot bigger of a star. You look at the Jose Aldo fights. A lot of casual fans, a lot of people know who Aldo is because of the Connor fight. You don't, I mean, a hardcore know who Aldo was. I knew who Aldo was long before, back in the WEC days, and I knew who he was back then. Connor, the fight with Connor and his antics and everything that Connor did brought eyes, numbers, and, and, and dollar signs to the sport. That's respectable. That's what Connor's known for. Anything that Connor is in the news for, it gets headlines. And you know, you hear Connor's name. Oh, it gets it's on every news outlet. You hear Connor tweet about him taking a shit. It's on every news outlet. Paige Van Zandt, obviously, you know, she does make headlines, that she's made more headlines and, and made some people pissed off, including one Cynthia Calvillo who actually commented on that. And, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people are understanding the same frustrations and shit like that. 
mean, Cynthia Calvillo, she, she, this is quoted from her. She said, what a joke. Had a little respect for Paige Van Zandt. Not anymore. BS call-outs. Just keep making your Insta money. It would be worth nothing to fight her. Wouldn't prove champ worthy. Just, just have a pretty face to beat up. Wouldn't, would be, wouldn't be proud to have her under my resume. Thumbs down. And it's like, dude, we don't, they, her management can go suck a dick. Everyone, one of these people, they can all just go suck dicks, man. Kyle Schultz, you're a fucking idiot. You hear that here first? And, you know, these, these girls, these, these fighters, man, some of these fighters really, really are on some sort of crack or something. I don't know what the fuck's in their water. I don't know what the fuck's making people go after John Jones in the, in the middle of the night. I don't know what the hell's going on with this, but, you know, uh, she's, she's just threatened by her. She, I don't know what the hell's, what, what the hell, uh, she acts like she's entitled to, to fighting all these people and she, she, she doesn't. I mean, she does. She acts like she's a big money fight when no one. I mean, obviously, she, she she's only there because people see her as a pretty face. She's a, a a pretty face fight. There's nothing else. If you don't have skill, if you don't have. I mean, she has the skill. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to hate, but she, she has the skill. But in reality, is she is anybody talking about her up until then. When people are talking about Macy Barber, Dana White likes Macy Barber. She he he, un, he understands what she's doing, and Dana uh, and obviously Macy Barber is is a huge talent that's fighting and um or what it what is it she she she's been proving her worth and definitely been uh, fighting and 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 looking good doing it. She trains at a great gym. She's highly talented. She's super young. Paige Van Zandt super young, so I can understand the stupid petty mindset. I mean, Barbara's undefeated as well and uh you know, she's looked great. She looked very great as a very dangerous fighter, very dangerous girl. Definitely has a lot of finishing ability and you know, she she has a huge personality and she's en route to becoming a big star. So maybe Paige Van Zandt's a little petty because she knows that Macy's gonna steal her shine. But like I said, don't ever sit there and say that uh that that she don't ever act like you're entitled um to to fighting and an entitled like you're a big money fight because that's not even the case. Like I said, if you look at Paige Van Zandt's last five opponents, um, where are they now? I mean, look at them. Obviously, there's a lot of talented females on there. You know, Rose Namajunas, uh, Michelle Watterson, who both have wins over her. But, you know, she's saying that they, people know and recognize what they get for fighting Paige. Like, she's not going to get anything but a win over her. Fighting Paige isn't going to do what fighting Connor would do. And if you look at all the people that Connor has fought, people people will reference the Connor losses. When you're Dustin Poirier, when you're a Jose Aldo, when you're an Eddie Alvarez, when you're any of those people that lost to Connor, there will be heckling fans that will constantly talk about your fights with Connor. That will constantly talk about how you got sparked, how you got knocked out, how you did this. That why do you think it's called red panty night? Because when you're fighting Connor, you're bringing in, you're selling out stadiums. If I'm not mistaken, look at Paige Van Zandt's last few numbers uh, on some of the fights. And there's no there's no headliners that have her headlining that have anything that's absolutely sold out. I mean, it's a women's fight. No one's going to be as excited for a women's fight versus like a Connor fight. So like I said, all respects to Connor. That's the real person that you should really be um, 
you should really, you know, obviously, um, you know, be, you know, be talking about when it comes to money fights. It's like, it's openly being scared and proving that you're scared. I mean, the fact that other fighters are going at her as well and stuff, it, it just shows it, man. It, it's a real thing. It can be scared, pettiness, respect. There's no respect in the sport. You got to realize that. There's all, all these women that she tagged are people that would whoop her ass anyways. I mean, look, she's she's tagging people, tagging some of the people that she tagged, man. All these all these girls will whoop her ass. Yuana, Jessica I. I mean, she respects all these girls, but then she 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 won't doesn't tag that one person because she knows she'll whoop their ass. But but if you really want to think, oh no, she knows that they'll whoop her ass. But hey, if you really want to look at it, if that's not true. Then you should go back to looking at, you know, looking at some of the other fighters on that list. I mean, obviously, she tagged some high-level fighters in there, but, you know, she just she's just being petty at this point in time. She's over the one boasting about the fact that she makes more money on Instagram and stuff than she does fighting. But yet, she doesn't want to fight. She acts like she does, but she doesn't. She's being petty. She's... You know, it, it's 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 stupid and it's childish. Then again, she's twenty five years old. She's a little baby still. Hasn't even developed anything, her mindset or anything like that. And she's just just a fucking idiot, man. She's just, she's an idiot. She she acting like a like she's just uh she's just fucking dumb. Anyways, I don't want to stay stuck on this one topic. I think it's upsetting because uh, it's just childish, man. Grow up and the pettiness in the sport isn't something that uh, sh- something that should be uh, shouldn't be had. Like I said, pettiness in mixed martial arts, you're, you're supposed to fight everybody, man. You, it doesn't. Oh, he didn't respect me. Oh, he called talk some shit about me. Oh, he said this about me. I don't care. That would make me want to fight you even more. Especially if you're saying some shit about me or talking shit or whatever it is, dude. And if you're not motivated to fight someone, you're just you're openly scared. And you know, I'm not saying I'm not. I mean, it's not my place to say whether a fighter is scared. But when you're openly petty like that, that's that's something that's that's so childish in this sport. And I don't think it should be a. It's not something that deserves to be rewarded. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, moving along. Hold on. Some of these comments are funny. You're a cage fighter and you won't fight someone because they said some words about you. Okay. Paige hasn't been relevant in three years. That's fine. Macy will fight an actual contender and get a title shot. I mean, it's like the CTE or something went to her. And a lot of people saying, said and agreed with that same thing. Saying that it's not like she's a Conor McGregor or something like that. 
because she's not. She's just really not. Legitimately, she's not a Conor McGregor or anything uh, on those lungs of lions. So I'm saying I can understand if she was if she was top tier and everyone's talking about when she's going to come back. As, as far as I'm mistaken, more people would be talking, are talking about Connor coming back because he's been in the news and all this other stuff. No one's talking about Paige Van The only thing you're talking about is her, only what, reason why she's in the news is because she made, made her stupid Instagram petty post about Macy Barber. Anytime she's in the, been in the news is because Macy Barber's continuing to keep her relevant. That's the only other way. Other than that, I really don't necessarily think she ever makes the fight night because she's always breaking her arm. She gets in fight camp, she snaps that feeble little arm of hers because she's weak, man. And she can't make it a fight night. Made a glass. Anyways, we're moving on from this. 24 minutes in, we're talking about that dumb shit. But um, let's run down today's list. Other than that, what we're talking about, obviously, um, I wanted to talk about Darren Till. I mean, one one fight I'm really excited for is Darren Till versus Calvin Gaslam. Um, Darren Till's losing streak as well. Um, I just want to talk about why it doesn't seem as bad as it has come off to a lot of people. Um, some fights that were talked about. Um, it was rumored that Donald Cerrone, Anthony Pettis, have verbally agreed to have a fight. But, you know, with, with Connor news in the books... Um, Connor potentially fighting Justin Gaethje or Donald Cerrone, um, and he talked about returning on January 18th and stuff, so that's in the rumor mill. Um, I don't necessarily believe it until I see it at this point because Connor hasn't fought in a very long time, and, you know, it's hard to really, you know, commit to believing that because how much that's gone on in a while in this last year and just everything else that's gone on with him. So it's gonna really going to be hard for me to commit to thinking and believing about that. Um, Josie Aldo making his 135-pound debut against Marlon Marias. Super shocking to most, shocking to myself. If anything, maybe see him at 155 pounds. But after seeing what happened to a couple fighters moving up and down as of late. I mean, I think it's best. I, I don't know, I mean, and, uh, Josie Aldo fighting at 155 pounds may be the best thing for him at this career, but, you know, this kind of up and down thing for these fighters really made it kind of nervous, made it nerve-wracking for me when it comes to fighters moving up or down. Um, Uriah Faber returns to fight Piotr Yan. Um... And also in the news, made headlines, Greg Hardy uh, steps in for injured Junior Dos Santos to fight Alexander Volkov in Moscow. That got a lot of attention, man. Talk about attention. The only things I've been seeing in the news lately is, is Greg Hardy, Conor McGregor, and Jorge Masvidal and the Nate Diaz fight. Everything else, man, I didn't see no Paige Van Zandt stuff. Just really quickly, before we move along, I just want to say, like, I'm not trying to hate on her. She's a fantastic fighter and stuff, but, you know, just just the pettiness, dude. The pettiness, it, it, it's, it's a fight game, man. Why are you going to be soft over some words? Like, I don't give a fuck. You want, you want to disrespect me and say something to me? We'll fight, man. That's all. That's all it is. That's how I feel. 
about the whole situation. Like, someone talks some shit, oh, I'm not going to reward her with fighting me. Like, you're acting like that's going to do anything for her career. It's not going to do anything except have give her bragging rights. You know, she 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 just wants to fight. She thinks she can beat her. She doesn't like her. And it's easy, easy as that. But anyways, like, so we're not going to stay too stuck on that. Um, oh, shit. I've been watching Macy fight for a long time. Sorry, I was, I was reading some comments. It's hilarious. Um, but also continuing on. So, like a lot of good, interesting news and a lot of uh, exciting stuff announced. Um, like I said, I want let's start off with Darren Till. I wanted to make a couple of uh, you know thoughts about it. Um, if you look at his career, he's he's one of those those fighters that was pro like a like a huge star. Real fast, and and a guy that was kind of pushed, in a way. And you know he he fought for the title. I was thinking about this yesterday. He fought for the title against Tyron Woodley. He came up short, but you know he was a guy that was pushed for a while, and he didn't really necessarily get uh, too much test, like on the way up. And maybe maybe a couple had more fights before he had fought. Tyron Woodley to really solidify him being the next big thing because if you look at the fight with Tyron Woodley, you know, Woodley, you know, obviously landed, landed, uh, I mean, Woodley handled that with ease and no disrespect to Till at the time. It just seemed as if watching as a fight fan that he should have had a little bit more time to develop and, you know, get, get some more wins under his belt before that. Not saying that he was under, he was deserving, undeserving. He's undefeated. When he, when he fought for the title, but you know, just just having him fight a couple more fights before that would have been a lot better for him. And then after that, he he went and he fought Masvidal. So he he went from fighting Tyron Woodley to fighting Masvidal, and no disrespect, in that fight he looked good. He knocked Masvidal down, and you know Masvidal did end up landing a lot more. He started landing that left hook, and you know he eventually slept till. You know, so that's the second loss in a row. It's not as bad as it think as you think. It's not like he's on a three fight losing streak right now, but he's fighting absolute killers. His last two, his last three fights, he's fought absolute killers. You know, Tyron Woodley, um, Jorge Masvidal. If you look at what he's doing now, and you look at Kelvin Gaston, who's also a tough, very very tough matchup. Don't necessarily agree with with Kelvin's antics or anything like that. Him calling himself the middleweight. Um, calling the middleweight king, I'm like, you're not the middleweight king. You didn't win. You haven't won a title fight. You haven't. Uh, you haven't been in a title fight. I mean, you've been in a title fight, but you haven't won in a title fight. So him calling himself the middleweight king, get the fuck out of here, man. Like it's just annoying. I mean, him parading around with that belt's annoying as fuck. And that sucks. So, but that being said. 
Um, it's a tough fight for Darren. Um, I heard Dana White, him, Darren say that Darren White tried to urge him not to take that fight. But uh, um, but he insisted to, he, he even admitted, you know, openly it could be his third loss in a row, but he's a warrior. He, he, he obviously is from England, and, you know, he's a badass motherfucker. So, and, uh, and, you know, he's willing to put himself through that kind of challenge because he's a warrior. He comes to fight. And it's a dangerous fight for Kelvin as well, so don't write Darren Till off completely. I mean, this is his middleweight debut. Um, for the longest time, a lot of people thought he should have been fighting at middleweight to begin with. But as of late, man, these fucking debuts, these freaking people fighting up a weight class or down a weight class really just makes me a little bit nervous now because of what we've seen so far. And you guys could probably think of all the debuts that have went wrong or stuff like that. But but it's 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 gonna be uh, it's interesting to see how it's gonna plan out and how it's gonna how everything's gonna be. Um, Gaslam is a very dangerous uh, fight. You know, Kelvin has wrestling. He has great boxing. He has great timing. Um, and you know, he's not. I mean, I mean, I would like to say that he's not as vicious as Masvidal, but he is pretty damn vicious when it comes to his strikes, and he does land. When he lands, a lot of people go out, and, you know, he hurts people. He takes, he could take your back. He could choke you unconscious, and he also has a great ground game as well, so it's not just the strikes, man. Kelvin is talented in all areas for sure, and I think it's a very viable matchup for Darren. If Darren can get past Kelvin in this fight, then that will prove that you know Darren. Darren still is one of the one of the guys. I mean, not saying that he isn't, but you know he's really gotta get, kind of get his mojo back because of that those last two fights that he's had, and um, kind of want to gain the recognition of the fight fans again, as well as gain the confidence back in your own right, which I think is very important because of. You know, just the fact that he's been pushed so much. So the pressure's on him because how fast he was pushed. And I can't imagine that kind of pressure on my back and stuff. But, you know, um, you know that, that just happens when you get stars in the sport. You get promising figures. And, you know, people push you too fast. Or you get pushed into stuff. You get rushed. And, and you know, you potentially pay the price later on when it comes to the big show or the big, the big fights and stuff. I mean, that happened to Francis Ngannou. Um, you know, ever since then he's come back and looked better than ever. I mean, look, it happened to Darren Till and stuff, and you know, it, it's happened to the best fighters in the world, man. But it's all about how you come back. So, like I said, it's not it's not as bad as it seems when it comes to his losing streak and stuff. And I definitely think he will be back better than ever. And this fight with with Kelvin Gaslam is stacked because, like, not only is that that fight a part of that card, that's part of the the BMF title, and that's uh. That's uh, what is it? A huge stack card. I mean, there's Masvidal, Diaz, Johnny Walker versus Corey Anderson. Let let me look that. Let me look at that stuff. So it's kind of funny how we started the show off all petty and stuff. Um, let me see. Let me see. So all right, UFC two forty four consists of Masvidal versus Diaz in the main event. Um, Kelvin Gaston versus Darren Till in the co-main. Stephen Thompson versus Vicente Luque. Uh, Corey Anderson, Johnny Walker, Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis, Blagoy, Ivanov, Kevin Lee versus Gregor Gillespie at lightweight. Uh, great, great fight card, man. Solid fights, man. I can't wait to see that. I'm excited to see uh, see them all those fights 
on that card, and I'm just excited, man. It's a great card. UFC 244 and UFC 245 back-to-back is absolutely solid. So, I mean, I can't wait to see what happens in those cards. I'm, I'm, I definitely will be tuning in for those ones. They're very, very uh, interesting, very, very stacked, and the UFC is doing very good when it comes to these, these pay-per-views and within these last two months. Let me look at my text messages real quick. Takes the wife back. But yeah, man, like I said, stacked card. The end of the year looks very good, promising for the world of mixed martial arts and stuff. So uh, interesting to see. I mean, the UFC is doing really big things, and these pay per views back to back are super solid. So definitely excited to see. Definitely excited to see them. Um, so let's move on to Josie Aldo making the drop to 135 pounds. It's it's very concerning for me. I mean, especially against a guy like Marlon. Marlon Moraes is no easy tough customer to, to make your 135-pound uh, drop to. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Jose is coming off of a loss to Alexander Volkanovsky. If I'm not mistaken, but just it's not the fact that he's if he's coming off of a loss or a win. It's just at, at that at this point of his career and where he's at. I mean, maybe that's the best thing for him. Now he he. It's funny how he openly made the drop two hundred thirty five pounds before Frankie Edgar. If you those guys have been tied forever. Uh, let me see, Jose. Aldo. Yeah, his last fight was a loss to jo- uh, Alexander Volkanovsky back in May of this year. Um, before that, beat Moicano and then beat Jeremy Stevens. So I mean, Volkanovsky's fighting for the title. So there's no disrespect in that. And if you look at Jose's last few losses, man, they're to top top tier dudes: Connor, Max Holloway, and Volkanovsky. Those are the only three losses he's had in the UFC. So I mean, Volkanovski's no, no, uh, no uh, tough. I mean, I mean, Volkanovski's no, uh, no easy customer. So that's I mean, that he could arguably be the next featherweight champion. So, like I said, there's no knock on that. Um, for Jose Aldo to fight Marlon Marias, Marlon Marias is a tough customer as well. Man, he's he's very promising as well, and he just came off of uh a title fight in his own right, and, you know, he's one of the most dangerous guys at 135 pounds still to this day and has one of the best camps behind him and, you know, is, is, is young, is, is promising, and, um, you know, he, he, he was coming off a huge streak before that. I mean, you look at um, his, his amazing win streak before he got into the UFC, I think before he got in the UFC, the last time he lost, he was 5-4 and one one and then before uh, then he he um he, he amassed with one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fight one streak then he came into the UFC split decision loss to a Sun Sao and then ever ever since then he beat John Dotson one Aljamain Sterling knocked him out with a knee. Look how good Aljamain Sterling's look looking as of late. Um, he beat John Dotson, Aljamain Sterling, Jimmy Rivera, Rafael Sunsau in a rematch and choked him out. Um, 
then came up short against Henry Cejudo for the title, finally fought for the world title, and came up short, and uh, that's his last fight since then. Um, but, you know, for him to fight Jose Aldo, that's a huge, that's a, that's a huge, huge, uh, um, you know, that's not a huge step up, excuse me. That's just a huge, big fight for him. But, you know, like I said, the thing is that concerns me is the weight, the weight cut, how different it's going to be at at a lower weight class. Because, you know, we, we, we've seen this history of these fighters going up or down and it really just not posing the right stuff, the right, uh, the right, uh, it just doesn't pose for the best you know, it doesn't, it doesn't make for the best performances because it can diminish your ability to take a shot. It can diminish so many different things, and and it, and it just makes it... I don't know. Who, who knows what's going to happen, man? It could be the best thing or it could be the worst thing. I mean, but I, I, as long as Jose has been fighting for, I think that... Um, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't know how it's going to go because I'm, I'm not traumatized by... The rest of the fighters that have lost, I mean, TJ dropped down 125 pounds. He got stopped. I mean, Cerrone, I mean, looked good at 170 pounds. Like, you know, when it comes to fighting some real good top-tier dudes at 170, he he, he, he fell short. I mean, uh, Jorge Masvidal moved up from 155 to 170 and looked, abs- looked absolutely stunning. Um, Darren Till, we have yet to see how he's going to look. I mean, Calvin Gaslam looked amazing at 170 pounds, and you know, it looked amazing at 185 pounds as well. So, I mean, it's absolutely possible, ladies and gentlemen. It's absolutely possible, and I, I, I definitely, I, I did not know pop. You could pop for poppy seeds in a drug test, by the way. Um, but you know, other than that, I, I just don't, I don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it will necessarily be good because how much weight he's losing and just because of the fact that he struggled a lot as of late. Like, not as of late, but, you know, it does seem like when it come came to 145, it made it a lot harder. Uh, it was a lot harder of a cut for him. And it's just me thinking out of concern and being worried that he won't make that weight. And it's not all about making the weight, man. It's it's about what it does to your body. And especially being the first time that he's ever fought at 135 pounds in his entire life. And I don't, I don't know how it's going to stylistically. I mean, stylistically, that's a great fight. I mean, if Marlon was at 145 pounds, that would be even even better of a fight but that's even less pounds cut i mean if you look at the pictures as of late he, he he's looked he looked great i mean he looks shredded he looks like he's really working on his uh his diet and stuff and maybe maybe we're just talking out of our asses right now we just we're doubting him right now because we're fight fans we're fighters other people think that aren't in his camp or commenting on this stuff, and we don't necessarily have the the best eye or view towards that because we're not behind the scenes there with them. But but for me, I just I just I don't know how it's gonna go. I'm like I said, I root and wish the best for him at that weight and stuff. But you know, it's common trend. You know, all these guys dropping weight or going up in weight and fighting these absolute monsters and killers, especially coming off a loss, man. So I mean, I can understand it, but as as in for him. Fighting Sahudo, I don't know necessarily how that fares. I mean, I don't know how 
Jose fits in the mix at 135 pounds. It's already pretty damn stacked there. There's already a lot of guys that I feel are campaigning for that next title shot. And a couple of the guys that I feel deserve it. You know, Aljamain Sterling, in my opinion, being the number one contender at 135 pounds. So I, I don't think a lot of this stuff is going to necessarily... Uh, Like when someone jumps ship, are they really going to jump ship and and skip all the rest of the contenders for somebody that just made the drop to 135 pounds? And you don't even know if they're going to make the weight. I mean, if you could, I'd love to see it. I'm curious to know how he's going to do, but I just don't, I don't know. Like, I just don't know that that you know, he should jump ship like that. Maybe a couple fights like that. Maybe if the UFC, like I said, you know, if they if if it's a sellable fight, and it's something that really gets the fans excited, then th- then that would be absolutely good. But. And right now, for me, I'm just, I'm kind of nervous. Like I said, I'm all shooken up because of these people weight weight class jumps and and it not going so good for a lot of fighters and stuff. So, it it it's just gonna, it's just gonna be. I, mean, I don't know. I have to be convinced. That's all. All right, moving on. We got 15 minutes left here on this episode of Kicking It with the King. I definitely do appreciate you guys for joining us here on this episode. Um, Uriah Faber coming back to fight Pietr Jan, another man who is considered one of the top fights at 135 pounds. I mean, Faber coming back against a monster like Pietr Jan. I mean, Faber having that win over Ricky Simone, I mean, his first knockout win in a very long time. I mean, <laughs> Cruz says his best. All he has is a guillotine choke in the overhand, right? I mean, it, did, it didn't look like Faber was any different in his last fight. And, you know, his last few fights, he's he's always kind of relatively looked the same, in my opinion. No, no disrespect to Faber. I'm glad he's back. I mean, he seems like one of those guys that can still fight, and he's not really lost too much of a step. But him coming back to fight these top contenders like that, it, it, it I mean, I'm, I'm kind of nervous for him because, like, Peter is an absolute monster and savage, and that's that. I mean, it's it's almost as if it's like a passing of the torch. Like if P- Faber gets smoked in that fight, it's gonna be it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a good look. That's gonna cause a lot of people to be like, oh, you should have stayed retired, or you should have done this, you should you should never have come back, you shouldn't be fighting these guys. But you know, I can understand the heart and and dedication of Faber. No, obviously, like I said, Faber, Faber it, it, it's still very relevant. You know, he obviously looked good, was able to come back, was able to prove his his skills to uh, to the masses and stuff, and and still show that he has the skills and the abilities to compete with the best in the world and. Obviously, like I said, he still he still has. I mean, he still has the skills. Like I said, he's not getting wiped out of the water. So I mean, all respects to him. On 
you know, I, I, I think that, I mean, if you can, if you can beat him then, for, for, for fuck's sakes, then sign me up, I mean, a fight with Cejudo seems interesting, and stuff, and, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm like losing a blank right now, I'm just, I don't know, all this, all these people making their comebacks, and all these different things, man, it's, it's just making it so, it's like so crazy, but like I said, all respects to him, if he comes back and beats him, then, That'll be one one of the best things that I, I I think would would happen, man. There's a lot of fights to make and a lot of things for the UFC to put together and consider right now, and um, you know, like I said, all respects to him. Uh, let's get on to John Jones. Let's move on to John Jones's recent Twitter rants within the last few days. Um, John's desperately looking for a fight. Um. I think that, you know, uh, the fight with Reyes, you know, that's a good fight, but John just doesn't seem to be interested in that. And you know, I don't blame him. I mean, he's been on top since I've been in high school. He's been in there. Uh, he's been on, on, on the top since 2011. Like, well, he's essentially undefeated. But, you know, he he, just, he said he's unmotivated in his last two opponents. He's not necessarily too motivated by his last two opponents, and I mean, obviously, Tiago Santos' fight was a close fight, um, but uh, other than that, it was just like it didn't seem like uh, you know. It, it just seems like he's uninterested, and you know, he he really needs a fight, and we haven't been able to get a fight for John, and there hasn't really been anything out there because I think he was waiting for the. Um, you know, obviously the results of, of, uh, what is it, of Reyes versus Weidman at the time, and, I mean, now that that's, that's long gone and long over with, it's just, uh, it doesn't seem as if, like, you know, there's anything in the works, like, we still haven't gone to John fight, a John fight announcement or anything like that. This is because, I don't know, I mean, this depends on what the UFC wants to do, what John really wants to do, what he's waiting for, any of these other other things, and it's just, uh, it's interesting, whatever they choose to do with John, I mean, he, he he's talked about waiting for uh, the winner of DC versus Stipe, which is a fight that hasn't even been announced yet, but... John just, I mean, it seems like he's uninterested, but I, like I said, I talked about it, I think, like, last week or the week before, um, there is a, there, that fight with Reyes is a good fight, man, but, you know, I, I, I mean, I look at the trash talk, I look at everything that, uh, that everyone's talking about him, and it does, I mean, it doesn't really, like, it doesn't excite me because of, Everything that everyone keeps saying, which isn't like, it's like the same stuff over and over and over, and it, it gets kind of old, man. Like these people just talking about fighting John, knocking him out, beating him, and, and it's that's not even like the case. That doesn't even happen. That's not even something that that that's really relevant, man. It's like the same stuff over and over again. These top contenders pretend like they really want to fight him, and maybe he really does want to fight him. But you know, just it's just hard to see anybody beating the kind of fighter that John is. 
John's the best in the world. Like I said in the last episode, he's had to be absolutely careful in that last fight. Otherwise, it would have spelled a really sour ending to his long reign. And obviously, like I said, there's a lot of tough fights out there. Um, a lot of uh, fights on the horizon. I mean, Johnny Walker's in the mix. Um, you got light heavyweight divisions shaping up again. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that division because of John and, you know, because of the, every, all the stars coming out. And, you know, just really waiting to see what happens with UFC 244 because of light heavyweight, two big light heavyweight title fights on there. If one of those guys makes a huge, uh, huge statement, then that can pose, that can also, it can pose the, the potential next, uh, challenger for uh for john because there's Corey anderson johnny walker um as well as uh um anderson versus walker there's why why am i drawing a blank right now let me go back let me look anderson walker no there's only one line heavyweight fight on there Corey Anderson, Johnny Walker, maybe that, maybe a Johnny Walker, maybe he's waiting for that, I don't know, man, it it really depends on what the UFC is going to do and everything else, so, like I said, I just want to see John fight, I mean, he's talked about Israel, he's talked about all these other fighters, going at Tony Ferguson, Tony, everyone seems to want to go at John and stuff, talking about John, Tony Ferguson sent him a tweet about, you know, like a potential, like, you know, Talking about how in college or insinuated something in in college about you know him maybe having some success against John or doing good in wrestling or something. So I mean, I mean, I mean the the sports all over the place right now. So I mean, it's kind of it's just kind of crazy to see huh? like the, the freaking direction the sports going in. So I mean, it's not it's not a bad direction. Just like a lot of tension and a lot of people just want to see. A lot a lot of people just want to see fights, man. At the end of the day, I just want to see some great fights. So, moving along, let's get on to the last thing of this show. Um, we got UFC Singapore, Maya versus Askren. A couple more parting thoughts on that before we get out of here. Um, like I said, Askren is one of the top grapplers on the planet. Maya doesn't need any introduction. He, he is one of the top grapplers. And, you know, his striking has definitely come along very well. And I think overall in the striking department, Maya may have the stand-up advantage. It doesn't matter who Ben trains with. Overall, it looks as if that Maya is the one who's superior in stand-up. A lot of people think Ben's going to, you know, take Maya down or struggle with Maya or um, like that. But um, I think that, you know, it's even it's evenly style of matchup. I mean, on the feet and stuff, I think that Maya will... And can hold his own on that kind of a in, in, in that kind of fight because you know Ben doesn't pose any any significant threats on stand up whatsoever. I mean his grappling's amazing. His uh, you know his takedowns are great too. But you know like I said, he's kind of had a fishy and roughy start. Rough roughy, excuse me. He's had a fishy and kind of like a you know rocky start to his UFC career. And I as I was saying on Twitter the other day, um, that it, it really will. 
be a huge problem for his career and his legacy and all that if he is unsuccessful against Maya this weekend. Maya, however, has great grappling, great jujitsu, and is able to take the back. And you can't make one mistake with Maya because he'll get your back. He'll slide it in like butter, and he'll sink in those rear naked chokes. He'll do it with ease, too. So it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I'm really excited to see what's uh see this fight. I want to see him return. Uh, I mean, I want to see, I want to see, like I said on the last episode, I want to see Askren come in there and I want to see him post some problems and stuff. I don't, would hate to see him get washed out of the water, but I just think that Maya is such a tough fight. And a lot of people are leaning on the side of Maya for sure, for, for sure. Around this time, I think I see a lot of people supporting him. You know, a lot of people still not liking Ben Askren because of his mouth and everything, you know, that he's about. But I think kind of he, he is a little bit more humbled when he lost to Masvidal. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just want to see his skill. I don't care about the talking and all that. I just want to see the skill. I want to see him come out from this. I'm picking Damian Maya officially decision. Michael Johnson against Stevie Ray in the co-main and, and so forth. So, like I said, uh, I appreciate you guys for joining us here. That is it for us. Um... Like I said, quickly before we get out one more time, for the Conor McGregor stuff, you know, announcing his January 18th return for his UFC return fight, um, who I wanted to be against, maybe a, a Justin Gaethje, a Donald Cerrone. Uh, I, I mean, at this point for me, for seeing Cerrone in that kind of fight, I, I just seems as if he just doesn't have it right now. And as of late, I mean, Cerrone's just getting beaten up and... I don't think that's a good fight for Cerrone to come back to, but if you really want to see Connor showcase stand-up striking and a real stand-up uh, stand-up battle without the ground, I think mo- most likely that would be a great fight. But you know, a Gage Justin Gaethje fight too. But for Connor to come back and have a great fight, like a a great fight for him, to, um, Cowboys knocked out six times. You know, looking at his record, we made um. You know, he lost to Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson, beat Ally Quinta, Alexander Hernandez, Mike Perry, lost to Leon Edwards, lost to, I mean, Cerrone hasn't really had a good run as of late. I mean, he has, essentially, but you we only got a little bit of time. But like, after he lost to Dos Anjos for, from that, that that second title fight, he beat Alex Alo. beat Alex Cowboy Oliveira at 170, Patrick Cote, Rick Story, Matt Brown. Lost to Masvidal, lost to Lawler, lost to Darren Till, beat Yancey Medeiros, lost to Leon Edwards, beat Mike Perry, Alexander Hernandez, Ally Quinta. Um, for Cerrone, he's in a much needed win column for sure. And I think that I mean I mean a Connor fight. It's in a fight that's been talked about for quite some time. So I wouldn't be mad at seeing that fight happen. So I mean, I mean if that happens, then cool. Gaethje fight happens, then cool. Gaethje doesn't have anything happening right now, so. I think that would be a cool fight for him as well. Very dangerous fight for Connor. I'm not saying that Connor can't win. I'm just saying it's a very dangerous fight for him. So, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you guys joining us here for this episode 210 of Kicking It With The King. My name is Gabriel Hernandez. Like I said, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at KWTKPod for our podcast page. Follow my personal page at G the King MMA for both 
platforms. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts, folks. Follow me one more time at G the King MMA on Twitter, as well as Instagram, Facebook.com slash Gabriel the King Hernandez, folks. We will be back sooner rather than later. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. See you soon.